Coming up on this edition of Cougar Insiders, we're going to break down this uh, loss to Northern uh, Illinois, put into perspective what it means, what it doesn't mean, some of the challenges ahead. Kalani Satakis, uh, he, he kind of had a theme this week in talking to the media, and that's consistency. We'll break that down. We'll also talk a little bit of basketball, and we'll uh, give you our predictions on the Boise State-BYU game this coming Saturday. That and more on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, columnist for the Deseret News, along with the beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point, and we're talking BYU sports. This podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. The Salt Lake Stallions of the Alliance of America Football begin their inaugural season. Real professional football at Rice Eccles Stadium. Come see some of the Utes. The Cougars and Aggies and other local players return home, all led by former NFL and college coach Dennis Erickson. Season tickets as low as $75. Call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Real football this spring in Utah. Call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Well, gentlemen, a very, very disappointing uh, football loss to Northern Illinois, a respectable team that I don't think a lot of people give credit for the way they play. They've stopped people all year long. They almost beat the Utes. They had a lead on the Utes in the fourth quarter, but BYU once again delivers a very disappointing loss at home with some con- controversial uh, you know, calls, uh, an election to pump the ball with just over three minutes to play, the ball at midfield, uh, getting booed at the time. A uh, very disappointing crowd. I look up there and see the student section did not, not show up. This was a beautiful day. Sun was shining. Weather was great. It was a perfect day for football and all around from the beginning to end, a very disappointing experience for BYU fans, for the team, for the coaches, and probably the administration. Jeff Call, what did you see? Well, well, yeah, the same thing you saw, except I think that uh, it's not so much the loss, but I think a big part of it is how they lost, to not score a single touchdown. And granted, Northern Illinois is a very good defensive team, but uh, to not be able to put points on the board, uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of last year's game uh, at home against UMass, where <clears throat> Joe Critchlow is making his second start. In this case, Zach Wilson is making his second start, and it just looked like uh, a defense was prepared for what they were going to see and they knew what they were going to do and they executed it and then BYU's offense just did not have a response. Ugly, 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 Brandon Gurney, but I, I, I think that I put this one on, and a lot of people want to blame the coaches, but the coaches didn't have two false start penalties, something that's been emphasized all year long, through spring, through summer, through fall practice, through every single game. That ultimately ended up costing them the game. But where do you, where do, what's your perspective on this loss? I think fans are struggling to understand what BYU football is, what it's supposed to be, as opposed to what it really is. And I, and I think the, the reality of what where BYU is really hard for these guys to accept. And and when you transpose independence, the reason BYU's independence is because they're better than teams like Northern Illinois. They don't share conferences with people like that. They're good enough where they can be independent. But are they? Um, you're seeing home losses to UMass. 
Northern Illinois and, and, and just Northern Illinois. You don't want to compare to you. Northern Illinois is a really good team. I, you get that di- directional school moniker up there, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're not but very they're good. good but they're a good team. Nothing that really happened surprises me all that much. I, I was surprised at how bad the old offensive line play was. That To me, that, that was the biggest surprise. I, I thought it was the key to the game. Yeah, but overall... Northern Illinois is the team that BYU is going to struggle to beat. Uh, the product you have right now, and Tom Homo said it at, at, at Media Day, we're in a rebuilding process, and, and they are. And BYU's 4-4 four and four right now. You kind of uh, sit back, take a look at things. But I, I think what get mo- most fans down is they really believe Zach Wilson was going to be the guy. That's all they needed to do. They were screaming, yeah, we finally got our guy. And it's like, what? A six-point? What? But, but And I don't want to put it all on Zach Wilson. It was absolutely the right decision to start. Zach Wilson, but it just it just underscores that there's a lot more problems on this team rather than the quarterback, and and I and, and fans have a hard time coming to grips with that. But the talent's not there, and, and it's going to struggle. They're in a rebuilding phase. They need more veteran leadership, and they need better talent. When you change and you go to the youth movement, and there's seven to eight players on freshman players playing now on offense, you're going to have some lumps here and there. But Jeff called that the strength of Northern uh, Illinois is the run defense. They've only allowed about one or two yards of play. BYU struggled to run the ball. And at times they did run the ball really well, but where their weakness was is, is defending the pass. There was something like 80th in the country in defending the pass. But when BYU tried to pass, they sacked Zach Wilson five, five times, times, I believe, yeah. and they chased him out of the pocket at least four or five, maybe six other times. So that was not very easy to do. You have a fourth and five at midfield, and you elect to punt. And probably one of the reasons is, is you have not been able to pass the ball in that second half very effectively and you didn't think you would right at that point. On the other hand, you get the ball back, you're poised to go down and kick a field goal and win the game. You're in the right position right there to win the game and then take us through what happened. Well, I mean, Zach, uh, first down, the I think BYU's 35-yard line and he didn't see the safety coming up. He threw it across the middle, got picked off and that's basically your ball game. You know, one thing that I think is disconcerting, I think there seems to be some sort of disconnect between what Kalani sees BYU supposed to be and trying to do and what Jeff Grimes is trying to do. Because in the post-game press conference, he talked all about how they need to be more aggressive. They need to let... Let her rip. Yeah, Zach Wilson is a gunslinger. He needs to sling it. He needs to throw it all over the field and stuff like that. And the reality is, I don't think... BYU hasn't shown that they have the capability or the talent to be able to do those kind of things. And it's going to take some time. And I think eventually they may be able to, but right now, I don't think they are. But uh, it's just, again, if you look at, we haven't talked to Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator yet this week, but the stuff that Kalani's saying and the stuff that we saw, the, the play calling, which was very conservative, um, again, there's, there seems to be some, some conflict there between what they can do, what they're able to do, and what Kalani wants to do. And I'm not sure how that's going to get resolved. What's, what's unusual is he kind of wants to be a Lavelle Edwards type of an approach. But saying that after the game is that we wanted to, this isn't BYU football, we need to be aggressive. Uh, Brandon Gurney was, he, he's kind of departing from that a little bit because Lavelle would, would not be saying, well, he, I guess a few times he said, I wish we would have done this, or we wish we would have done that, or could have done that. But it wasn't like he kind of made a contrast between his offensive coordinator and what they were going to do because plenty of times, 
times. He disagreed with what Norm Chow may have done or a call that he had made. And, and you know, he kind of couched that pretty carefully. But Kalani seemed to not do that after that game. Yeah, he's he's pretty emotional after those games. He admitted as much. And he wanted to clarify comments, says things off the cuff. But I think what you re- what's really going on in the mind is what he says off the cuff emotionally. I, I think when he sits down and tries to clarify what he really meant, uh, that, I think that might be a little disingenuous. I, I, I take Kalani for what is for what he said, for what he said after the game. That That's the real emotion. That's what's going through his head in my mind. Um, He wants to see offensive production. I mean, I, I had to laugh. I, uh, I graded the defense a B plus. Right, they played good, and people said it was ridiculous. You held a team to 204 yards and seven points at home, and it wasn't enough. enough. That's good. Are you kidding me? That's good enough to win. What else do you need? Maybe more turnovers. I I guess you could argue that, but the fact that you're not able to get it done with the defense performing like that is man, is that frustrating? And Kalani's a defensive coach. That's what he's in charge of. And that coupled on on the futility we've seen offensively for the last two years, he's at his wit's end. You had an opportunity, both. of you to listen to Kalani this week. Uh, can you set that up for us, Brandon? Yeah, he he had a theme. <laughs> he definitely yes, he had a theme. Over and over and over I, again. I actually went back to, to count how many times he used the words consistency or variations of it. It, it was 18 times. 18 times. And, and, and he stopped midway through the interview and says, I should just put a banner. Today's theme is consistency. And and I have to say, man, he must listen to this podcast because what, what, what have I been saying? That, that That's the biggest difference between him and Bronco. Bronco was very, very Say what you want about Bronco Man and all. He was consistent. Consistent application, consistent effort and all that. And that's what this team lacks. And Kalani put it on himself. I, I don't know if that was just coach speaker or if he really believes it. But he he, need, he says we need to consistently put these guys in best positions to exemplify their skill sets. And it, it's kind of weird to hear that midseason, a directive like that. And, and I'd like to know specific things that they're changing. And maybe we'll hear about that in the coming weeks. But, yeah. Well, at least he has the the theme well, John, right because it is consistent. Well, John Beck last last week told me to watch for this. You make a quarterback change like this, the biggest thing that you'll need to see is consistency because it's like going into a casino and, and putting a coin in and, and and getting that lever down and the sevens come up and sometimes you're going to get the seven sevens to line up in a row and you're going to have a jackpot. But it's very hard to get all of those sevens, the defensive line, the receivers, the running backs, the quarterback, all on the same page when you play and make changes with young players. Let's listen to Kalani Sataki right now. After evaluating over the weekend, I think the um, there's one thing that that's really disappointing. I know there's a lot of disappointment from last week's performance, but uh, we need to be more consistent as a team, and that's my job as a head coach. You know, is to find a way to be consistent. Even through, the, if you look at the season, uh, we we've played some really good games and played some really bad ones. You know, and um, even within the game, we've shown some really good things, uh, shown some good drives, and then it's just not consistent enough. And so, what I need to do as a head coach is find a way to get our team to be consistent because we have really good players. They do everything we ask them to. They work hard. And so uh, really, I, um, you know, I, I need to do a better job at making sure our team, our program, and our and that our results are more consistent on the field and it'll give us a better chance for success. Now, uh, that being said, I understand frustrations that are out there from fans and expectations, and I, I they're valid, you know. So uh, my focus entirely is, is on trying to find a way to keep our team consistent and get the results we, that we need and the, and the results that I think our players deserve. So uh, that's going to be the focus and, and uh, trying to find a way to, to have better results and just, just to find ways to, to give our guys what they deserve and how hard they work to have it pay off. 
podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. Football does not have to end. The Salt Lake Stallions begin their inaugural season at home on February the 23rd, all led by former NFL and college coach Dennis Erickson. Season tickets for as low as $75. Call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Looking ahead to Boise State, this is a big game. This is a big, big road trip for BYU and Jeff Call. I can't explain it, but this team plays better on the road. Yeah, it does. I can't explain it either. Um, although Seattle, they didn't play very well. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, we've seen against Arizona and Wisconsin. We saw this team come out uh, looking prepared and fired up and, and ready to play. And this is going to be a tough challenge up on the blue turf. As we know, BYU's never won up there. They've had three, I think, three one-point games games that are in the game and they just couldn't get it done um but it's gonna be tough but the boise state is a team that as we know rolls up a lot of points you're gonna have to chase them yeah yeah i mean rippon's a very good quarterback he's been pretty good this year and uh it's, yeah it's gonna be come down to can BYU score enough points that's gonna be tough for this team that's come off a uh, six-point performance brandon gurney if you look at the defensive stats boise state has always played pretty good defense but they are not the defensive team no. that washington is they're not the defensive team at least in past defense uh, that northern uh well excuse me uh utah state is the defensive stats are not there for these teams byu has lost to the last three losses boise state is not that kind of defensive team yeah. still good but statistically they're not in the realm. You're going to have to start seeing pr- uh, production. Um, and, and a lot of it's, well, basically all of it is lack of a run game. I, I also went back and I counted how many of those 15 third down uh, conversion attempts were from third and five and longer. Ten of them. Ten of them. That's tough. You're not going to have success when, when it's like that. I don't care who you are. I, when you're consistently faced with third and long, especially when you're a freshman quarterback, that's when t- teams tee off on you. That's when they get creative with, with pass rushes. That's when they're creative with coverage that really set off a young freshman where it's, man, what am I seeing? They dictate what's happening in, in, in that regard. So they have to get a running attack established. Jeff, you got to win on first down. You've got to win on first down. And having Squally Canada back gives them a glimpse of what they began the season with, which was very good football and very good run football and power football, which is what Jeff Grimes wants to do. Now that he's come back and had a few plays under his belt, can we expect that Squally would have a bigger role in this game in Boise? I would think so. Yeah, and you know, I think Matt Hadley showed us again, uh, played well in the Hawaii game, and I think last Saturday he showed some glimpses of what he can do. And so, yeah, those guys are going to have to be on point. And and I think we've seen it. There's one theme that we've seen throughout the season that separates wins and losses is an ability to run the ball. When they can run the ball, they can win. When they don't run the ball well, they don't. And so, yeah, that's that's got to be priority number one. And then going back to what we were talking about earlier, if uh, you know if Kalani wants to quote unquote let it rip and let uh, Zach Wilson throw the ball around, I mean I don't know if you're talking about a team that is down Moroni who's out with an injury, Matt uh, Bushman, Matt Bushman, Matt Bushman is not 100. percent And then the receivers, I mean Dylan Colley has just like disappeared, yeah. which has really surprised yeah, me. Very surprising. He was a guy that I thought would really add a lot to this. Uh, team as far as production and we have not seen him and then you kind of see uh, glimpses here from Talon Shumway and Micah Simon here and there but uh and Gunnar Romney but you just don't see any consistent playmakers at wide receiver so that makes it just to put some even more of a premium on being able to run the ball 
They've got to do that. Big game. Our next segment is uh, you know talking social media, things that we've heard, things that have cropped up. And a lot of people right now, Brandon Gurney, are questioning whether independence is the way to go because mm-hmm. the schedule is a little bit different. You've got it tough on the end, weak on the uh, – you've got the home games are sometimes not very interesting. A lot of challenges with scheduling, a lot of challenges with recruiting, a lot of challenges with uh, a lot of aspects of this program we've seen since 2011. Yeah, it, it, it comes down to what are they playing for? Uh, you you see a team like Northern Illinois, okay, these teams are scheduled to become bowl eligible that you, you can beat them, right, at the very least. Okay, after that front-loaded schedule, this is when you're supposed to coast, come into form and all that, and then you get laid to you where you're only scoring six points against this team. What's the point? And I think fans are really struggling with that because BYU football isn't what they remember, what they want it to be. And uh, um, it, it, it's tough because – the, the, the argument is, yeah, go back to the conference, go back to the Mountain West and all that, but it ain't the same in the Mountain West. It's not – TCU's not there. Utah's not there. It's it, it's a step back, but I think fans are just struggling to understand what BYU football really is. Is, is it really what we've been told? Um, what is it? What are we cheering for right now? What, what What's the point of it I, even? And I think that's a, that's a tough conversation to have in your mind. Wins cure all. Just win. Go to Boise State and win. Jeff Call, what's the rest of the story? What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit to basketball. Um, so in about a week, BYU opens the regular season at uh, number seven, Nevada. And a very good team, a team that went uh, you know went far in the NCAA tournament last year, has a lot of talent coming back. I uh, had a chance to talk to uh, Yoli Childs down in Vegas for the West Coast Conference uh, Media Day a couple weeks ago. And it was really interesting because, as we know, Yoli tested the NBA waters, right? And he, he got some evaluation, got some feedback, and ultimately decided to return to BYU. And I think uh, he's taken all that, and he's really worked on his game. I think one of the things that came out of that was he needs to develop a consistent outside shot, and he's been trying to do that. We saw that in the West Coast Conference Tournament, if you remember, against St. Mary's and Gonzaga last March, where he was knocking down threes and, and really helped BYU in that, in that regard. So I was talking to Yoli about how he sees this year. Is this, is this his last year? Is this his swan song? And he told me that uh, you know his goal is he wants to try to be a, a first-round pick, play like he can be a first-round NBA pick. He wants to lead BYU back to the NCAA tournament win a championship, you know, all those things. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he performs this year. And the thing for Yoli is, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, is teams know about him. I mean, last year there was Elijah Bryant as well. Now all these teams are going to be gunning for for Yoli. They're going to game plan specifically for him. How does he respond? How does he adjust to that? So it's going to be interesting. This team has to hit three-pointers. Yoli's going to do his thing, and he'll be very good. But they have got to help. When they go double down on him, they've got to hit the three-pointers. Let's get around to our grid picks right away. There's there's a great opportunity for you to win prizes by posting your college football predictions online. This is called Grid Picks, and you can sign up at DeseretNews.com. I personally pick the 14 games each week, and there are gift cards to be won. Test your knowledge and luck at DeseretNews.com. Let's get your picks right now on Boise State. BYU, Jeff Call. Uh, I'm going uh, Boise State 31-17. Brandon Gurney. Boise State's going to win this game, and it's going to be lower scoring than Jeff Call thinks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's gonna, I, I think BYU's going to bounce back a, a bit, but I think I'm going to go 24-20 Boise State. I, I think it'll be pretty close, too. I, I'll say Boise State 28, BYU 24. I don't know. It's going to be a better game. I think these guys will get a good effort, but I kind of worry about the, the feeling of this team coming out from this loss. There's just a lot of... 
a lot of negativity that's just kind of hanging in the air. Now the rest of the story, uh, gentlemen, what's your final word? What's your final word on this? Well, this whole week, the whole situation. I think Jeff? one one kind of uh, storyline that is probably going to get overlooked a little bit just because of the cir- circumstances. But um, Zach Wilson's going to be starting his first road game on Saturday, and he's going to be going up against a team that he had w- was once committed to, the Boise State. Um, I know Boise State really liked Zach Wilson, and I think the feelings were mutual there. Something changed, and Zach ended up uh, going to BYU. So that's that's just going to be interesting to see him up there on the blue turf wearing BYU blue, and we'll see how that goes for him in his first road start. So it's just kind of another challenge for him. Frank Gurney. Um, if, if you look where BYU's at currently, I opposed to where what fans – expectations were what many people's expectations were at this time it, it was probably four and four BYU's still on track they're in rebuilding and and I think maybe some expectations were set too high after some early season successes that no one saw but 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 if you just come down and understand where BYU is they're still in a rebuilding process they're starting a lot of young players they're still forming identity and all that and, and you just take a grip of that and understand that and deal with that it's not that bad <laughs> BYU's still two two wins away from bowl eligibility, they can get it. And and, and just have that thought and just understand what BYU is. My, my final thoughts, uh, gentlemen, this offensive line for BYU has been impressive in a lot of different ways. They're very, very young. But if they go up to Boise State and these guys play like they're capable of doing and take control of that line of scrimmage, play dominant, play physical, play fierce, push Boise State around on their own field, I think they build confidence and maybe they come out with a win. That will change, change the whole trajectory for the program, for the season, and for Kalani Sataki. Thank Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cougar Insider Podcast. We'd love to hear from you through email at uh, cougarinsiders at deseretnews.com. And please subscribe or download our podcast where you find it, wherever you find podcasts. We're working to deliver to you the most up-to-date information on BYU sports, and we'd love to have you join us. We want to thank our sponsor, Salt Lake Stallions. Salt Lake Stallions and former NFL and college coach Dennis Erickson begin the inaugural season on February the 23rd. That's right in the doldrums of the winter. Season 2. Tickets are as low as $75. Call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Grid Picks and the Salt Lake Stallions. That's it for this edition of this podcast. We invite you to join us next time after the Boise State game. Thanks and have a great week.